0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hello and welcome into the the 24 seven sports football recruiting podcast. I'm national recruiting analyst Cooper protagonist alongside 24 seven sports director of scouting. And uh, if you couldn't notice, the boys are mobile right now. Drew out in Spartanburg, South Carolina for the Carolina Shrine Bowl. I'm in New Orleans on my way to Hattiesburg for the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game, one of the most underrated events in all of postseason football. Drew, a lot happening in the college football world. We'll talk a little bit about five-star Ryan Williams at Alabama commit, reclassifying from 2025 to 2024, and then those flips. And we usually call it one little thing, but how about one big thing? Let's not bury the lead here. The number two player in all of the country per 24-7 sports, Dylan Riola. He's been committed to Georgia for a long time in Kirby Smart. Steve Wolfong, our director of recruiting, he is crystal bald. The number one quarterback in the country to Lincoln, Nebraska, Matt Rule. Drew, right now, Matt Rule in the Nebraska Cornhuskers are trending not only for Dylan Riola. But a former five-star as well, and Kyle McCord from the Ohio State Buckeyes. A lot to unpack here, Drew. Your thoughts if Nebraska ends up landing Dylan Raiola?
2: Well, Cooper, didn't you uh, tell me I don't know six months ago that Dylan Raiola is going to play a snap for the Cornhuskers at some point? I don't think you thought it would be potentially in 2024. Uh, but this is a big news. This is huge. And I was on CBS Sports HQ. And I brought up the fact that, yeah, Nebraska needs to improve the passing game. It was one of the worst, not only at the Power Five level, but also at the FBS level, 129th and passing o here in 2023. And Dylan Raiola, or excuse me, Raiola, if they were able to get him, um, you would have to be excited about the direction Matt Rule has the program headed. Look, when he took over, we said this wasn't gonna be a one or two year rebuild. This was gonna be a four, five, six rebuild. And to me, if they're able to get Dylan Riola, pull off that flip, and it sounds like it's heading in that direction. A few reports out there that he's gonna spend this upcoming weekend uh, in Lincoln on an official visit. I think this is a a battle cry for the Nebraska fan base. You wanna talk about NIL uh, support. Uh, you get a, a legacy prospect, uh, one of the best passers in the 2024 cycle. Not not only the 2024 cycle, one of the best passers uh, in recent years. Signed, um, I think that a lot of people are going to buy into Nebraska football. So I'm interested to see what happens here. You mentioned Kyle McCord as well. I think that gives them a a intermediate you know quarterback and then a, the long-term plan in dylan riola and when i look at nebraska that's my question mark what happens under center moving forward
1: georgia is still fighting here is kirby smart leading the charge to keep dylan riola in the boat why wouldn't they uh, georgia two quarterback class ryan puglisi also in the top 247 notable for georgia drew there's been some reports about carson beck this this is has really supposedly impacted dylan riola in terms of the 11th hour potential flip To Nebraska that Carson Beck coming back for another year Uh, Dylan Raiola would have to sit a year in Athens but it looks like it's going to be that way in Lincoln as well if Nebraska can land Kyle McCord pretty interesting you know the other thing to think about here if if you're wondering how Nebraska is firmly in the mix if you've been living under a rock Dylan Raiola's father was an All-American at Nebraska uh, also played ten years in the NFL for the Detroit Lions very respected player and then also Uh, Dylan's uncle is on staff as the offensive line coach just signed an extension as well. Drew, on the flip side of this, if Dylan Ryla does indeed sign with Nebraska, uh, what's your purview for Georgia fans out there who just uh, uh, eight days away thought that they were going to end up with the number one arm in the country?
2: I think there's no reason to panic. I mean, if we're being completely honest, Cooper, I don't know if I said it on this podcast, maybe it was the cover three, I don't think the gap between Ray, or excuse me, Ryola, I keep doing this, Ryola and Puglisi is all that big. I think it actually shrunk here in the senior seasons and Ryola threw 250 passes as a senior at Buford and tossed just one interception. So that's saying a lot about what I think about Puglisi. I, there's just something about him when you watch him play, uh, specifically as a senior. Doesn't get enough credit for the runner he is. He's got a live arm, baseball background. I think the biggest thing for Puglisi, and he has a ton of supporters behind the scenes there in Athens, Cooper. I know you talked to some of the same people as me. I mean, they have been pushing Puga Uh, for a few months now, but I I think becoming more of a touch passer, but you can see it uh, in, in, in the senior tape, just his ability to distribute the football and then also run the football. So I don't think Georgia fans should panic. We'll see what they do. Uh, in the 2025 cycle, let's assuming Raiola were to leave, and they ended up with Puglisi, You know Julian Lewis, the number one ranked recruit in the class of 2026. He's talked about reclassifying. He's been a regular in Athens as well. Like I'm not concerned about the long term outlook under center uh, for Georgia if Dylan Raiola were to end up at Nebraska.
1: We talked about it, I think a week or two ago, Matt Rule on this show talking about hey the cost of a college football starter, five star type of talent now about $1 to $2 million, right? So I think that was probably a little bit of a precursor what you're seeing uh, play out now. Drew, the other thing I want to hit on, how fired up does it get you that Dylan Riola could potentially be throwing the football to the likes of guys like Malachi Coleman and Carter Nelson?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I get excited. I mean, we we said it, right? Matt Rule, when he took over in Nebraska, he's going to recruit a ton of different traits, and it might not be the highest-ranked individuals, but these are guys that have... NFL tools and we saw that in his stops at Temple and at Baylor, but it wasn't, again, it wasn't gonna be a one or two year thing. It was gonna be a bit of a longer burn. And Malachi Coleman, you mentioned him, uh, a guy on my freaks list in the 2023 cycle. We had him, what, as a freshman of the week at some point there back in October when he caught that cut uh, touchdown against Northwestern. Uh, I, I just, I feel good about the direction the roster would be headed. And I think for Matt Rule heading into year two after a disappointing year one, to get what would be the highest-ranked signee in the modern recruiting era for the Nebraska, uh, that's going to, you know, ease everyone a little bit and buy him—not buy him time, uh, but get everyone on board. So, yeah, I'd be fired up about those two freaks if I was uh, Dylan riola I um, mean, some guys to throw to in Carter Nelson and, and Malachi Coleman.
1: Foundational piece for Nebraska, the Cornhuskers. Right now, they rank number 22 per 24/7 Sports in the composite team rankings. With the addition of five-star dylan riola if that does happen they would move up into the top 20 at the number 19 spot the dylan riola sweepstakes we will be following that closely our director uh, of recruiting steve Wolfong, will have everything you need to know there And 24 7 sports in general your home for everything recruiting transfer portal as well and make sure To follow the Oyster Boys on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel, you can find us every Tuesday and Wednesday at 5 o'clock Eastern time right here on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. And for those of you who like to listen in podcast form, wherever you find your podcasts as well. As I mentioned earlier, both Andrew and I are on the road, so i got to give a shout-out. You're probably wondering about the backdrop right now. My nephew Pete hooking it up. Love that prestige worldwide. That's what we're doing. And a lot to talk about. Drew, you're in Spartanburg, South Carolina right now, and you're there to see the Carolina Shrine Bowl. So, a couple of takeaways. We're going to talk about a couple of guys uh, that really kind of highlighted your article yesterday in the first day of practice. Let's start with Tennessee receiver commit and top 247 receiver. Braylon Staley, what'd you like about him?
2: Oh, Coop, we continue to hammer this down. It, with the 2024 cycle, it is loaded at pass catchers more specifically so with the wide receivers i mean coast to coast so i show up here in spartanburg the hub city and i thought the best guy day one was braylon staley who really hasn't been discussed on a national level uh this guy had a monster senior season 69 catches 16 or 1100 yards 14 touchdowns State champ in the triple jump, state champ in the 200. He caught more passes than anyone uh, on Monday during the South Carolina practices. I mean, he was giving DBs fits, and he can track the football deep. Uh, Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks actually kind of made a late run at Staley, but it sounds like he is sticking with Tennessee. He told me he's going to go through Cheez-It Bowl practices here next week before he participates. And the Under Armour All America game and Coop. My biggest takeaway with Braylon Staley is he is the perfect fit for Josh Heupel's offense. Uh, kind of a clone of Squirrel White. He can create explosive plays. You can throw a swing pass to him. He can go get it deep over the middle. Run a go route. He can do a little bit of everything. And I'm fired up to see him in Knoxville because I think again he just he can be a high volume t- uh, target in an up tempo offense. So he was awesome and. A guy that really has flown a little bit under the radar. It sounds weird to say that about a, a top two, four, seven wide receiver, but you know when there's so many of these dudes, you kind of kind of forget about some of them. So Braylon Staley reintroducing himself, and I'm sure he's going to have a big game on Saturday. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top performer there in Orlando at the Under Armour All America game uh, in a few weeks.
1: Second straight cycle, the Vols have gone to Carolina. Nathan Leacock drew is another guy that kind of. Rose up late for us uh, in the top two, four, seven last year. That's a big win for them to go to South Carolina, dig out a guy like Braylon Staleyard, drew another guy, a big body out of the Carolinas, and it seems like the Georgia Bulldogs they just continue to mine for these type of dudes. How about Nandi Ikboko? Uh a big mass mover, is what you would call a guy like that? What'd you like from him yesterday?
2: We talked so much about what Georgia has done on the offensive line this cycle and for good reason I mean the group's all over six foot five averages about 345 pounds when they step on the scales but uh, Namdi is a massive wide individual on the defensive side of the ball and I think he's the perfect fit for what Will Muschamp Kirby Smart uh, want to do on defense Glenn Schumann as well I mean this guy can eat up space he was Uh, A bit of an issue for North Carolina on Monday. They couldn't practice when he was on. Interesting, unique background. He he actually plays some basketball. Uh, He's got a brother in the 2026 class as well that I know Georgia is high on. But my takeaway here, Georgia, they are hoarding mass not only on offense, but they're doing it on defense as well. I think this guy, you might not see him year one, year two, uh, but he has a chance to be a key piece in the middle For the Bulldogs, play that shade. You know, zero tech, one tech. He is Cooper, like the widest individual in this class. He's got tree trunks for legs down there. And uh, you know, I thought it was really notable performance from him. uh, And and someone Georgia fans to be fired up about. Everyone wants to talk about the top ranked guys in that number one ranked recruiting class, but there are some dudes if you dig down, scroll down that list, and and look at uh, the bottom of it for uh, UGA.
1: A lot of puppies on that defensive line, too. I mean, you think about Jordan Hall. got to play a little bit uh, this past season in Athens. Guys like Jamal Jarrett as well, I'm sure we'll see over the next couple years. You throw in a guy like Igboko as well. Georgia not going anywhere on that defensive front. Let's stick with the point of attack on the other side of the football. We talked about South Carolina a little bit earlier, but this one, a little bit more positive news. Josiah Thompson, the guy that we have ranked inside the top 50 in the top 247 this cycle. Drew, you texted me and said, he kind of reminds me of David Sanders. If you don't know who David Sanders is, it's one of the best players in the country in 2025, the number one ranked offensive tackle. Drew, it's not a tackle heavy year. Only two of those guys inside the top 32. This is one of those guys that I think we're gonna wanna keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks.
2: Absolutely Cooper. I mean he's listed at 280 pounds. I think that is a a little generous. I would probably say he's closer to 250 than he is 300. He is lean, but he's got that prototypical frame uh, very light on his feet can move in the pass sets. We didn't get any one on ones out here and I was at practice Tuesday morning as well. Um, the, The they're just not doing one on ones. But from what I saw inside run 11 on 11. I mean Josiah Thompson. He he was the best-looking of the bunch, and that's not surprising. He is the highest-ranked prospect um, here in Spartanburg. And, Cooper, what I think is really notable is the fact that South Carolina is going to get Josiah Thompson because we know they need to improve that offensive line, and it looks like they're trying to do it through the high school ranks. Here in 2023, they played two true freshmen up front, Trey Babalade, Trovon Baugh. Uh, And now they got Josiah Thompson coming, who I think can be a left tackle in the SEC. Now he's going to need probably a year or two um, to add some mass, notably in that lower half. But I think if you are a South Carolina fan, you got to be fired up about what that offensive line could be at some point down the line, just given the developmental upside. Shane Beamer is elevating the floor and the ceiling of that O-line room, And they also got Cam Pringle here, uh, who has looked good for the South Carolina squad as a right and left tackle. So big takeaway, South Carolina – I got some young promising talent on the offensive line. Josiah Thompson is one of them and I'm fired up to see him at the Under Armour All-America game because I think there's going to be, you know, some more premium pass rushers and we should get one on ones there. But yes, I agree, you know, a guy to keep an eye on especially as we try to finalize these 2023 rankings. Excuse me, 2024 rankings.
1: Tough season for the Gamecocks on the field, Drew. If there is a positive from the 2023 season is a lot of those young guys played. You mentioned Tre Babalade, along with Trevon Ball as well. Now you add in a guy like Josiah Thompson. The future looking bright there in South Carolina. they got to get it right on the field. How about this? Hosting A.J. Swan, the former Vandy quarterback, will be on a visit uh, coming up here soon for the Gamecocks as they look to backfill Spencer Radler as he's off to the NFL. All right, Drew, we have talked more about NC State in their receiving core than I ever expected when we started this podcast. But how about Kevin on a darling not only of PFF and uh, everybody out there voting for all, freshman All-American teams, but of the Oyster Boys as well, a guy that we uh, really kind of pointed to in the preseason as a guy to look out for. That all came to fruition in 2023, the ACC Offensive Freshman of the Year. And, Drew, they might not be done. You like a couple of the guys uh, that you've seen out there this week as well.
2: Yeah, we might need to have Joker Phillips as our wide receivers coach on this uh, imaginary Oyster Boys staff because he is reloading there at the position. you got three wide receivers, and I put those in quotation marks out here. Uh, Jonathan Paylor, he's playing wide receiver this week for the North Carolina squad after running for 2,000 yards as a senior. I think he's more of a running back than he is a wide out, but you can use him in the slot. It kind of reminds me of Naheem Hines who the Wolfpack had a few years ago. He's a stud, I think he's the best player on North Carolina's roster. Uh, Chunk play machine, I think he's going to be able to do just that, and I'm a fan of him, but I also like Jamar Boston, Christian Zachary, two more guys that are representing uh, the state of North Carolina this week at the Shrine Bowl. And to me, Cooper, you you take those three, you pair them with Terrell Anderson, we've talked about on this show and podcast before. We're big fans of Terrell Anderson, huge riser in the 24-7 sports rankings, NC State fighting to hold on to him as Georgia Uh, Looks for a flip. Uh, I think the name of the game here for Joker Phillips is he is getting a bunch of diverse bodies and different skill sets to reload at the wide receiver position. So that's four guys. And and you pair him with Kevin Concepcion, uh, stock up, arrow up for the future of NC State's wide receiver room, and then toss in the fact, hey, Cedric Bailey, who just won a state title down in Florida. He could be the guy throwing the football to these individuals. So I am buying stock in the future of NC State's offense. I think it could be fun. I think it could be explosive. And I think they have a chance to throw it around the yard because they got guys of all different sizes um, that can do a little bit of everything. So uh, again, buying stock in NC State and Joker Phillips.
1: The most consistent program under Dave Dorn that nobody talks about, right? And they just continue to kind of do what they do. They do a great job in the Carolina. Shout out Joker Phillips, had a cup of coffee with him at Cincinnati. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
0: I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill.
1: All right, Drew's got us locked in in Spartanburg. I will be in Hattiesburg tonight covering Alabama, Mississippi. That is a loaded event. We'll touch on that in a second. I mentioned every Tuesday and Wednesday you can find the Worcester Boys. How about Monday and Thursday, 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Emily Proud holding it down on the college football recruiting show. Everything you need. Smoke Dixon, Carl Reed, all our experts at 24-7 Sports doing a great job as recruiting, heating up, and coming in Coming to an end at the end of 2023. All right, Drew, let's get into the transaction wire. And I mentioned Alabama Mississippi. Let's start with the guy Ryan Williams, a five-star number one receiver in the class of 2025. Drew, he is reclassifying, and he is not going to sign in December. He's going to sign in February. He's got a couple official visits, even outside of Alabama, coming up as well. But, Drew, just how dynamic this guy is. He is a number 14 overall prospect, now in the class of 2024 that's after jumping from 2025 and if you're looking for a comp for this guy i've been thinking about it all morning i was watching his tape on the plane and i saw a little bit of deshaun jackson i saw a little bit of demonte smith and this is a guy that just kind of glides on water when you watch him run he makes it look so effortless with his top end speed his ability to change gears so smooth in the production at sarah land there with kj Lacey, the texas quarterback commit those guys really fun to watch he's expected to be in the Under Armour All-American game later this month. And we just got news from our guy Christian Clemente, who covers the Auburn site, that he will also participate in the Alabama-Mississippi game this week. So you talked about relevancy uh, for Ryan Williams. If 14 wasn't good enough, he's got a sh- chance to showcase and potentially move up a loaded receiver board in 2024. So a lot going on, breaking down the player. He reclassifies Drew Alabama fighting uh, for dear life to hold on to Ryan Williams and for good reason. So, Drew, your takeaway, not, not only on the player, what, but what could potentially happen with Ryan Williams as he's going to put off that signature until February?
2: Well, I don't know what's going to happen with the recruitment. I, I think it could get wild here. I think if uh, the executives at 24-7 Sports and at all the other recruiting sites are fired up that this guy is going to be on the market in January and February, because it's going to give us something to talk about outside the transfer portal. Um, but the reclassification, I'm sure a ton of people have questions about that. You know, we did the the study, the story uh, back in October about how this is becoming a trend and the results over the years haven't really been all that promising in terms of guys panning out after they jump up a cycle. We settled on number 14 for Ryan Williams because we believe in him and more importantly, He's already played a ton of football there at Sarah Land. 39 career varsity games, over 4,400 total yards of offense, uh, what, 50 plus touchdowns? I think the number is 70 or something like that, averaging north of 14 yards per touch. I mean, this guy can do it. We've seen him on the camp circuit, we've seen him get it done in track and field. He's won a few bronze medals over the years. I mean, To us, to me, Coop, I think you feel the same way. We don't really have a ton of question marks about Ryan Williams, and and that's why we feel comfortable slotting him in there, maybe compared to some of these other prospects in the past. I'm fired up that you're going to get an evaluation of him tonight. We're also going to see him in Orlando, and I think the real debate, if if you really want to peel it back here, is, all right, who's the number one wide receiver in the Yellowhammer State? Is it Ryan Williams? or is it cam coleman and both of those guys went off in the state title games there um where were they played was it jordan Hare? or was it a brian denny i can't remember
1: brian denny brian brian denny and you know the other thing is drew i mean you're talking about cam coleman top 10 player in the country the number eight player overall number three receiver not to mention ryan Williams, who we just talked about and how about perry thompson as well two to the three guys auburn commits auburn's still working hard on ryan williams as well we talked about the weapons in the alabama mississippi game but about the weapons down in starkville jeff levy nice little transition there mississippi state getting going on the recruiting trail drew a guy that you're very familiar with i want to start with the quarterback position let's start with michael van buren as well this is a guy that was formerly committed to oregon he backs off that commitment out of st francis in the dmv now committed to jeff levy late taking the cycle for this sec west program and a first year head coach I'm pretty interested to get your thoughts. What do you think about Michael Van Buren of Starkville?
2: Kind of a head scratcher for me. I I didn't think this is the direction Levy would go, just given maybe some of the names that are on the board. And and Michael Van Buren is a guy, I, I think the first line in the scouting report for me is he is battle tested. He has been at. Baltimore St. Francis Academy he has played since he was a youngster and St. Francis Academy here uh, in 2023 played a national schedule and it might be the hardest schedule high school football schedule ever assembled. I mean, they played all around the country. They played, I I, I think it was like eight teams that that were in one point ranked inside the top 25 for our friends over there at Max Preps. And to be blunt, the season really didn't go as planned for Michael Van Buren. He took a ton of lumps. I was there in Buford uh, when St. Francis Academy lost that game. I saw him the following week down in Florida when they took on Chaminade-Madonna, saw him against IMG Academy, East St. Louis. It's been up and down. I think the, the number one thing that stands up about Van Buren, however, is the fact that he will take a hit and he's going to get up and he's going to keep throwing that football. You know, not the biggest individual, but he can beat you with his legs. I thought that was certainly stood out in the IMG Academy game. I mean, that is a essentially a college defense. You got Ellis Robinson as one of the quarters. David, St- uh, David Stone up front. Um, and he was able to to move the chains. So. You know, I, I said this before, I'm, I'm not going to knock any Jeff Levy uh, evaluation. I, I just thought maybe he would get more of a, a passer. But then again, Jeff Levy had Michael Hawkins, who's a dynamic runner committed when he was at, Al- uh, at Oklahoma. So interesting pickup, you know, and I, I think Michael Van Buren, uh, again, you know, going to help them with the run game. And, and he can make the throws uh, more, more times than not. Just needs to get more consistent and, and protect that football.
1: Up against the clock a little bit here, so you can understand the the decision to move quickly. Van Buren looking to find a spot as well, so that could be a perfect marriage between Levy and Van Buren. We'll see how that works out. Drew, I mentioned two other guys how about Mario Craver from Clay Chalkville, a speedster at five foot nine, a guy that can do a lot of different things out of the slot, can move him around, uh, and a guy that is so dynamic in the return game as well. I like this fit. Jeff Levy in Mississippi State, I think this is a guy that you can get on the field early. I know there's a lot of attrition on that Mississippi State roster. They're going to look for speed, and they're going to value those trades. So I like the idea of putting Mario Craver in a wide-open offense. I think he'll thrive there if he can stay on the field. And the other one San Francisco McGee, another guy, verified athlete out of the state of Mississippi. We'll see him at Alabama, Mississippi. Uh, Drew, this is one that's maybe flying under the radar a little bit, but you look at the redeeming qualities, big six foot two, six foot three frame, a guy that can win a lot of 50 50 balls. I really like these two gets from Mississippi State. And the more that I look at a guy like Craver and McGee, it gets me fired up about the potential of what Jeff Levy can do on the recruiting trail there in Starkville.
2: You know, my thought, Cooper, these guys are going to push our boy Creed Whitmore for playing time. Uh, I, I might not be a fan of that, but if you're a fan of Mississippi State, you should be excited. And uh, Craver, have seen him on the seven-on-seven seven circuit. You you'd hit it on the head there, just his ability to uh, create separation as a route runner. And I think yards after the catch, both those guys can take those short little slants, drags, whatever you want to call it, and, and move the chains. And we know that's what Jeff Lebby wants to do. So Mississippi State getting it going. And and I think they're aligned um, when it comes to the NIL. And they're going to be active in the transfer portal. And they're also, it sounds like they're going to be active in that junior college market. Also just hired Corey Bell from Florida Atlantic. He is well respected in the Miami, Dade, Broward County, Palm Beach metros. I think we could see the Bulldogs a little bit more in South Florida moving forward. It's been a while since I said that.
1: Mississippi State will be well represented this week in Hattiesburg. Like I said, Alabama, Mississippi. We got all the coverage right here on 24-7 Sports. All right, Drew, one more. On the transaction wire this one came across the desk this morning riley leonard he is off to notre dame in south bend so a year after sam hartman comes over from wake forest marcus freeman goes back to the portal again gets a number 17 player in the transfer portal per 24 7 sports and duke starter riley leonard drew i don't think they could have done better uh this is a guy with a nfl upside i think more day two right now i think needs to improve as a passer but I love his ability on the ground. I think that's probably the most overlooked thing about Riley Leonard, big six foot four, 220 pound plus athlete. And then you think about this quarterback room, Drew, Kenny Minchie in 2023, CJ Carr, a guy that we really like, top 50 signal caller in 2024, not to mention the wild card, Deuce Knight, right, as well. Uh, Drew, Marcus Freeman, you and I talked about it when they hired him at Notre Dame. I think one of the things that we talked about was is he was going to have to take that quarterback room and he was going to have to flip it on its head. And the way that they have balanced that in a couple of years at Notre Dame has been nothing short of impressive. I love this take in Riley Leonard, but I also love how the take of Riley Leonard sets up the future of that room as well.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like a bridge quarterback. I agree. Notre Dame probably couldn't have done better here. A-plus addition for them. Coop, my thought here is, man, just the quarterback market is – it's changed so much it almost feels like the nfl you know you can just go out and get a veteran starter uh, as you try to groom some young pups and those pups would be kenny minchi cj carr like you said uh and did you see this come across the slack channel probably not because you're you're traveling um someone reached out i guess they're gonna do maybe some winners and losers in the transfer portal he had notre dame as a winner I I don't know if I have them in the in the W column or the L column. I mean, they lose all the receivers. Yes, they've replaced some of them. But it's been interesting to just see that roster turnover there in South Bend. And I think this is going to be become more and more of a thing across all of football. I mean, we're talking about 30 and 40 players, new faces every year at certain schools. and. Uh, Notre Dame is certainly a lot a lot of new bodies coming in a lot of new bodies coming out You can make a case that they're a winner you can make a case that they're a loser just depending on what you think
1: I think if they were able to keep Rico Flores and and Braylon James going to TCU Maybe that's something that would have happened anyway And then you add Chris Mitchell right a guy that you like out of the state of Florida along with Bo Collins coming over from Clemson And then Riley Leonard drew I love this. I love this aggressive approach From Notre Dame. It doesn't feel like traditional Notre Dame. I like the fact they're being proactive in the portal. Only time will tell. But I like what Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman are doing. They're swinging. We talked about that. You got to step in the batter's box from a national approach. That seems to be the case for Marcus Freeman in this transfer portal cycle. All right, guys, did I mention signing day? Just right around the corner, eight days away, 24 7 sports. We got you locked in, guys. December 20th, uh, I'll be on set with Josh Pate. Andrew will be down there in Fort Lauderdale with Blair and Gulo, Emily Proud, and the rest of the gang. All the information that you need for college football recruiting right here on 24 7 Sports. Make sure to subscribe and to like the show on the 24 7 Sports YouTube channel. Coverage begins at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. All right, Drew, Mary Flipmas. It's that time of the year, right? We talk about it all the time. Flips, flips, flips. Well, here's a graphic of some flips. I mean, it, it seems like everybody's kind of following the Dylan Raiola news every day. Uh, it is a rapid changing type of headlines. But here are some things that you might have missed. Let's start at the top. How about Auburn? They're trending for the number nine interior offensive lineman and Cohen Eccles out of Katy, Texas. Michigan gets on the board with a flip from David Polly Polly from USC, Miami. They flip for, for former Florida commit Kendall Jackson out of the state of Florida as well. And, Drew, I like this one. I'm an LSU boy Tigers. They land Gabriel Reliford from Evangel Christian right up there in Shreveport. And USF, how about Golesh and the boys flipping one from Tennessee and tied in Jonathan Eccles. So, Drew, I'll line them up. You knock them down. Which one of those kind of stands out to you?
2: I don't know, Cooper, how about Kendall Jackson going down to Coral Gables, formerly committed to, obviously, Florida right down the road from him in town. Uh, Coop, this is a guy that has a projectable frame, and he's young for his grade. He could actually be a class of 2025 recruit. Uh, Miami, I just mentioned, you know, roster turnover. They're losing a lot of bodies, and they're active in the transfer portal trying to find some interior defensive linemen. I think ultimately maybe that's where Kendall Jackson ends up. He's played a lot of edge rusher there at Buholtz High School. So to me, I get fired up about him if I'm Miami. Jason Taylor there, we know what they want to do on defense. They want to be aggressive. We saw what Reuben Bain was able to do as a freshman. I think that's a big pickup for Miami that kind of flew under the radar there on Saturday. What about you? What do you like?
1: I like Cohen Eccles. I know it hasn't happened yet. Texas A&M seems like they're playing a lot of defense. Mike Elko, first-year head coach, taking over for Jimbo Fisher. But Cohen Eccles, a guy out of Texas, somebody asked me last week, what's Auburn going to do on the offensive line? I love their class, but it was a valid question. They only have one commit. That was DeAndre Carter. They land a Juco commit on the offensive line as well. If they can add Cohen Eccles. Drew, I love this kid. You talk about the track and field, shot, put, disc, background, a guy that can play multiple positions on the offensive line. Saw him at guard, saw him at tackle. Also played a little bit of center as well. It's a nasty dude, number nine interior offensive lineman. I would love that pickup for Auburn. Drew, the other one, I want to circle back to uh, one uh, prospect that you're pretty familiar with, but make, make some sense of Jonathan Eccles flipping from Tennessee to South Florida and your thoughts on that one overall.
2: Oh. Well. I've heard from someone close to the USF program that they're trying to finish with the number one ranked uh, group of five recruiting class. And USF is playing at a bowl game. You know, they went six and six. It was a bit of a roller coaster ride of a season. But they are getting it done on the recruiting trail. I think sitting number 48 in the rankings as of this taping. A few other big fish out there. Uh, and remember, Galesh, he has experience recruiting in the SEC. Jonathan Eccles, he has been an interesting one. We were super high on him early on when he came out of high school or came out of Georgia before transferring into IMG Academy. We thought maybe he was an edge rusher. He wants to be a tight end. He committed to Tennessee when Galesh was there and Galesh quietly behind the scenes worked and worked on Eccles. eventually uh, gets him in for an official visit and flips him from Tennessee, who I've been told wanted Jonathan Eccles. It wasn't like this was a, a case of them dropping him off the charts. He, he's great athletically. Um, and Galesh making some noise. I I, want to see what they do in 2024 because I think he could be a really hot name uh, if he's able to make back-to-back bowls after taking over for Jeff Scott there in Tampa.
1: A lot of defensive tape you saw from Jonathan Echols, Drew. I think you and I, if if we could have our pick, would put Jonathan Echols uh, on the defensive side of the ball as a 3-4 stand-up outside linebacker. It looks like he's going to play offense. I don't mind him. Going to South Florida, I think that's a good fit. Maybe a good way to see the field early, build his confidence as well. All right, Drew, a loaded week as we inch forward to signing day. Only eight days a week, eight, eight days away. Excuse me, you're in Spartanburg, South Carolina, as I alluded to. Any final thoughts before we get out of here today?
2: How crazy is this transfer portal stuff, man? I mean, it's just every time you look up you I like, go, wait, this guy's in the portal. I went back to the class of 2021, Cooper. I was I was laying in my hotel room last night because a few names had entered the portal. If you go to 2021, right, the top 100 recruits in the state of Florida, according to the industry rankings, 54 of those guys have entered the transfer portal, and I think I'm missing a few. I, I didn't want to bust out the laptop and do too much research. I mean, just the player movement is at an all-time high, and out of that 100, I think there's only – like five guys that I marked down as a for sure NFL draft picked. I mean, just wild times. And yes, that was the class coming out of the COVID pandemic and all that stuff. So coaches weren't out on the road. But man, just it's hard to keep track of all of it. Where 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 different pieces are going.
1: Yeah, the, the thing that I kind of want to hit on before we get out of here is, you know, I, I've been auditing uh, my region, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee for the last week. And the one thing that kind of stuck out to me you get to the lower level uh, group of five commitments, really kind of in that 84 to 80 overall rating grade. Drew, I don't know about you, I've seen a lot of these guys that aren't committed. And at this point in high school, you would yeah. think, all right, signing day's yeah. a week away. You'd think these guys would find a home by now, but you were wondering, you're, you're seeing, okay, who is being indirectly impacted by this the most? It's those guys who now have to go Juco or they have to go somewhere else because they are not signing a letter of intent straight out of college. It's the first time that my eyes were kind of open to it. Like, hey man, these are some quality high school players that aren't gonna have a home straight out of high school.
2: Yeah, they're gonna either go FCS or that JUCO system is gonna be even more loaded. No, I've, I've noticed that as well. And I think a lot of kids just thought, hey, maybe the offers would be there, but as teams have gotten more active in the transfer portal, uh, they want to take transfers. So there's a lot of kids that aren't going to have a, a seat uh, when the music stops next week. And it's it's unfortunate to see. With that being said, any advice to those individuals, go to the FCS. Uh, go to junior college if, if you can make that work because you can always transfer up, right? They will find you. We used to say the NFL will find you. Well, the Power Five programs will find you now. Uh, it doesn't matter. You just need to find a home and you need to be able to play right away
1: all right andrew ivans we appreciate you breaking it down from your hotel room somewhere in spartanburg south carolina and shout out to my nephew pete one more time prestige worldwide behind me hey we're all about education here in the Patagonia family guys thank you for joining us and uh be sure to keep it locked to the 24 7 sports youtube channel and if you haven't already make sure to like and subscribe as well andrew ivans and i we will be your guide the rest of the way eight days left everything recruiting guys we appreciate you joining us we will be back tomorrow the same time five o'clock eastern time For Andrew Ivins, I'm Cooper Patagna. Thanks for joining us.